Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of the Corner Store Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Koval. We have uh, family in the building tonight. Um, we have a man who really, it's, it's a moment for you, fam. Um, he has just uh, put a, a really beautiful masterpiece project into the world, um, but has, doing, has been doing consistently incredible work in the realm of emceeing and hip-hop culture for the city of Chicago for a long time, putting on for the culture both personally being one of the finest writers in the city's history, uh, but also is the founder of Haven Studios, which is an incredible place for young people in the city of Chicago to record and get mentored by this man. The project's called Jim Crow the Musical, and the MC that I'm talking about is none other than Add Two. Welcome to the Corner Store, oh, fam. Oh, man, man. Welcome, welcome. Man, thank you. I appreciate it. Thank this you, is, man, this is a hell of an intro. Jeez, I've been feeling, like, so prestigious. <laughs> you are prestigious, man. It's, 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 we're really excited to have you, and uh, I'm excited to talk about all that you have going on. Um, you know, in the Corner Store, Max, the snack door secures different snacks for our oh, guests, and so oh. Max has gotten you some things evening we hope that you enjoy them uh okay to begin with he's gotten you a kavita sparkling probiotic drink it's a lemon ginger flavor oh and man. it's organic okay, okay. Oh, that's different yeah oh, so see, en- I, enjoy that i think that's good this. for your um uh digestive system oh see this is good they didn't have this at my corner stores no <laughs> listen yeah <laughs> see this joint. yeah this. yeah yeah you know this. max's uh fancy corner store shop oh um, man i see this already from it, a mile away i love this so he, man, max got you some pieces big cut reese's pieces Reese's stuffed with I don't it's a king size the reason why Max got you this is because he said there are two of them yo Metaphor. <laughs> Max is trying to put hey, some bars in his hey, snack door. Little game. did you know, this is like Reese's is my favorite candy, man. Where, Max, yes. Max is always usually always yes. hits with the guests. I think it's because he you know he digs through people's garbage. Oh, uh, yeah, oh. you know he's he does his. Uh, what <laughs> I'm saying twist. is that he's <laughs> investigating and he takes the snack door uh, securing game very seriously. Uh, yeah, yeah, man, yeah. I see now. Yeah, but so, yeah, he'll leave your garbage alone now that you've been on the show. Oh yeah, you know, now we yeah. good. Okay, he's yeah. figured out my two things. Yeah, so good. Yeah. Well, salutes <laughs> um, and welcome. Uh, add to we are in a, a great moment, man. You just this project uh, is brand new. Yeah. Um, I, I want to talk a lot about it, but but what, just so far the reception that it's been receiving. I mean, Vibe just named it one of the best albums. Yeah, the one of the most creative projects of 2019. Yeah, like, I mean, the, I entire, put yeah. the decade on it, and yeah, sure, it could have been. Yeah. I don't know. I, I got to go back and reread the quote. I mean, but it, it really does feel like it's been well received. I've been really surprised. Well, yeah, why, surprised. why surprised? I think because sometimes, man, you know, after you take a little a little break, you know, the world changes a lot within that time, and it, it seems like it's happening a lot faster. Well, it is now. Now, this break, the break you're referring to, you you stop putting out music for how long? Uh, it's been four years. Right. So, and in in the scheme of things, that's not that long of a time in contemporary culture and in hip hop culture. That's a lifetime. Oh yeah, because most people's careers, like an average hip hop career, maybe last four years. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's like the know, NFL or something like that. Yeah, yeah, you know. So like by the time you're you're on your fourth year, you feel like a veteran. You're a senior. You didn't went to you know all these different award shows. You didn't had all these experiences, and so most people don't really last that long. You know, especially within the frame of I guess like. In in the the blogosphere within the mainstream, you know, like avenue of it. So when you can kind of like see how it changes, like I've watched artists come and go within that time. And I was just thinking to myself, like, man, what happens to the fan base that you have that you built up over time? And they've grown up now. Like, you know, yeah. I've, I've grown up since then, you know, so I got life responsibilities now and 
it's a lot of different things that I didn't anticipate. Like now, if you go to a show, you know, most of the artists are like, man, I got to be home because I got stuff to do, too. I got kids. I got all these different things. So when your life is you're right. Your life is very different than it was four years ago. Absolutely. You know, the industry has has changed a lot in in the four years. You've you've grown as a person, but your fan base has been asking you for record the whole time, the entire time. Like it's it's been scary, man. This was like I would do something really good in the community. It's like, yo, that's good and all. But, <laughs> when you gonna rap again? Where's that album at? You know, I was <laughs> like, yo, fam, did you not deceive me? Save these people, like, like just just save the family, fam. Like it is like, yeah, nah, yeah, that's just, cool, man. But uh, when you gonna rap? What what a sixteen at, fam? I know you got one in you. Yeah, like, you can't rap about saving the family, exactly. <laughs> and so like that's that's been the the thing to me is like I didn't anticipate people missing me like that like i kind of felt like yo you can you can move forward they're, they're gonna find another you and there's nah. somebody else who's gonna you know nah. like fill your shoes in some way nah. yeah so i was surprised that it was it was a lot of people still just asking like yo man you know so i have some you? ideas but what what do you think what is it about you about your discography that people have stayed with you do you think um i i personally think that uh I was able to kind of fit in this space of this blue collar type of MC. Like I would talk about what's going on in the world in a way that was very like accessible to a lot of people. Like I didn't use, you know, all these fantastic words where it's like everything is really straight to the point, but there's wittiness about it. There's cleverness about it. But then I would also talk about like what's going on in the community, what's going on in the world. I wouldn't stray away from social issues. And, um, they couldn't get that from too many places. And the people that they used to get it from went and did other things. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So they were like, man, I used to be able to get this from, you know, this MC. And then now they're doing... Black Star as a project, like as a crew or yeah. whatever. Yeah. You're in a lineage that, it, it, you know, it, in terms of a mainstream viability or the pressures of the industry have either made people do other things, yeah. have broken up groups, have made people stop rapping in part because of ridiculous contractual obligations, yep. which I know you know are Ooh. very well aware of yourself, right? <laughs> right? Um, but yeah, you're right. I think that there's a hunger for that kind of uh, realness and that accessibility. But you also, I think, you know, one of the things I was going to say about this record that I think you do maybe better than anyone is, you know, your love of the homonym, uh, the, mm. same, the same word rhyming, you know mm. what I mean? Yeah. Uh, which to me reminds me of like a very, it's a Chicago thing. I feel like we love language in that way. And from before Kanye, but Kanye made same word rhyming like almost a game, I yeah. feel like. But you are able to split the meaning of words in, and I think that's part of what is the delight in listening to it. That's the acrobatic nature of what you do poetically. Yeah. And then the message is interwoven into what you're doing or the reportage that you're doing is also interwoven in, in the, the, that kind of musicality, the, the genius yeah. of that music. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Like I, I, I get a kick out of like pulling the jigsaw puzzle together. Like there's like words that I was like, okay, this sounds good right here, but how can you take this same word and, you know, flip the meaning? How can you flip those other two words together? And now it sounds like a completely different idea. But how do you like weave them all together in a way that makes this big, beautiful quilt of a song? And so uh, I love to challenge myself. If the song doesn't challenge me in some way, I don't want to do it. Like if I feel like it gets to a point where I'm using like crutch flows or if I'm getting to a point where I'm like these words, I feel like I'm like treading the same ground twice i'll be like all right now nah, i gotta get away from this point and so uh, it has to challenge me in some way and 
words, at least writing, has been the one thing I felt like I could get good at, but I could never master. Hmm. Like I can, I can get good enough to teach it, but for some odd reason, I can't master it. I feel like there's always going to be another level. There's always going to be another layer to me. There's always going to be some form of evolution within my craft. And the day that I feel like I either can't challenge myself or the day I don't appreciate it, I feel like that's the day I hope that God takes it away from me. Mm. Is that because that means I don't deserve it? Yeah, you're, it's it's samurai shit. Yeah, you know, and yeah. And, and and at this point, you know, I I think you also have to be in the business of competing against yourself and Absolutely. challenging yourself, and and hopefully, and you know, hopefully, you're around people. Uh, as we are in the city, who are also people who are masters of their craft, who mm-hmm. encourage us to get better. You know, in listening to your record, I want to get better as a writer. You know what yeah. I mean? It has that kind of strength. That's um, good. Man, I'm glad it gives it. It does, absolutely. Um, I, I want to talk about the record, but I want to go back because I, I remember you <laughs> when you were a much younger MC in an open mic space yeah. uh, from. You know, I don't know if the, the first time, but but one of the one of the times, one of the communities that I remember you being a part of um, was that urban sandbox yep. era, the Green Door on yep. Ashland yep. near Chicago. Yep. Um, you were an open micer then. Yeah, yeah, I was because like uh, a lot of people don't realize um, within Chicago, man. One, our open mic culture is deep. Yeah, you know, and some of the places like when we, especially me as an MC, I used to always hear. Uh, open mic being synonymous with sub T. Yeah. Like there was like, yo, if you're going to be an MC and you're going to come through, you got to come through open mic night over at sub T. Have to 606, yeah. 606. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Shout Still out to, longest yeah. running hip hop open mic. I don't know ever. I'm not sure. Yeah. You know? Shadow man. Big ups to shadow. You know what I'm saying? Like, and, and, and yes. all the cats over there, jewelry, everybody and Pacific's uh, crew. Yeah. You know? yeah. 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 And, and, and it was like, for me, when I first heard about it, I was in high school. Right. And Where did so, you go? I went to Luther South mm. on 87th Kenzie. The school yeah. ain't, ain't around no more mm. because they were doing stuff with the money. <laughs> but um, we were, I, I heard about it from a teacher. Was this teacher, he, he, his name was Mr. Dixon. And uh, he told me about it. He was like, you know, when you're of age, you should go there. But me, I was like, I couldn't wait. I was like, man, I've been honing my craft. I'm battling in the hallways and the parking lots and stuff. So I felt like I was the nicest in the school. They used to have people like call up my mama phone and they'd be like, um, Hello, Miss Daniels. How you doing? How was work today? And then as soon as they turn around, they'd be like, okay, good. Well, is Andre home? And as soon as I get on the phone, they'd be like, yeah, what's up, dude? I got somebody from Simeon to see you. <laughs> I'd be like, dang, fam. I just heard you being nice to my yeah. mama. You know, it's so. Um, yeah, I'm respectful, respectful to your mother, but yeah, no yeah. respect for Much you. love to her. Yeah. But when we battle, yeah. I'm about to disrespect yeah. her. I was like, yo, okay. But we used to, um, they, <laughs> this is crazy. And so, like, he told me about it, and I couldn't get in. So, of course, I was like, man, well, where else can I go? And I started finding these different open mics that were all ages. And they would like it was small spaces that didn't really feel like spaces I should have been at first. It was almost like I walked in. There's a room of adults and they kind of just like, cool, you could be here, too. So uh, the first one was over at 63rd in uh, Aberdeen. It was called the House of Culture with uh Cassius D and yes, Cassius D yes. is one of the dudes who uh educated me on hip hop culture like all around. He used to have me sweeping up the floors over there. Zulu he, Nation. Yeah, one of the original guys, you know what I'm saying? That space was uh I remember getting into the back room that he had. Yeah. Which was that was like the I felt you know, I felt like I got some sort of golden ticket with yeah. the Wonka type shit. 
that was a big deal. Like, because yes. it was like it was the front room, but the back room, you know, a lot that's of where he broke it down in oh. the back room. He would show you. That's where he put me on to all of the subliminal adverts. Uh, the you poster know, boards. Yo, oh, oh my god. <laughs> yeah, all this like aluminum. Yeah, I mean. Oh yeah. yeah, like he yeah. was he was amazing with that, and um, he would he he almost had convinced me that like I was I was you know a young guy you know trying to just have fun and stuff, and he showed me poster boards of like a bunch of STDs, and I was like, yo, I think I am celibate <laughs> for Forever. the rest of my yes. life. <laughs> like I'm not doing anything. But he had um, he educated us on stuff like that, and from there I met um, I went to the loft, the lyricist loft, yeah, with uh, brother Mike. Mike, yeah. And so I would be over there, and from there, you know. Now, that- now, where? Because I remember that moving around some, and I remember when when Brother Mike would have the lyricist loft in a loft on Milwaukee. Yeah, like I remember there was one on Lake, Lake Street. Yeah, you know, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, and, yeah, it just became a, yeah, a little. Yeah, that was the one I was able to go yes. to because it was like it was weird because I was like, yo, there's people smoking weed in here, yeah. and then there's a dog in here, and it was like, yo, what is going on? And so, but he that was one of the first places we featured at, and that's where I met. Dan Sully. Dan, Dan Sully came over there. Yeah, salutes to Dan Sully. And he had, uh, we, we connected up, and he, he invited me over to the Urban Sandbox. And then I was, like, convinced. I told myself, I was like, yo, I need to be somewhere every day of the week. Right. And there was a moment in, you know, and I, I, I'm not sure if you can do this now in the same way, but there was certainly a moment where you could go to a different open mic every day of the week. Yep. You know, in the 90s, maybe early aughts or something like that. Yep. But yeah. Yep, absolutely. It, it was, was that thorough. It was like we would go to different spots and we would just be hopping. We'd be like, okay. And there was this one dude, and uh, forgive me if I mess his name up, but it was a dude named Taz. I think he was on at a different open mic every day of the week, sometimes two a day. Yeah. And I was like, yo. If he can do this, I have to be able to do more or something. And so that used to inspire me. But that open mic culture is what made me, I feel like, a better MC because it was the first place where uh, you may not have had the opportunity to rap over your beat. And then on top of that, people were actually paying attention to your words. And so it was like, yo, you have to say something. Otherwise, they're not reacting. People will look at you and just be like, "Uh, whatever. And you know, love you on your way to your seat. Where they be like, "Yeah, good job, bro. Do better next time." Right, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. How did you How did you build as as a writer? I mean, even maybe before you entered the open mic space, mm-hmm. what was motivating you to to put pen to to paper? Um, there was a feeling that I was chasing originally. Um, it was the same feeling that I got when I listened to Jay Z's song off Reasonable Doubt, uh, "Bring It On." Like, well, I, I remember where I was, what I was doing, who I was with. I could tell the story like the back of my hand. Well, but break I, it down. <laughs> <laughs> so I was getting picked up from uh, Marquette Branch, uh, the school over in like West Englewood or I don't know what where they divided my lines now. But we was over there and my neighbor came to pick me up and he was driving this aqua green Astro van and me, his sister, and one of my other neighbors was all in the car. I was trying to play with the girls and thinking I was that dude because I was the only guy in the car. How and old so, are you? This is 96? This is like 96, so I'm like fifth grade. Okay. I'm like 12. <laughs> yeah, okay. You know what I'm saying? Thinking I'm the man, yeah. right? And then uh, he was playing. He always played dope hip-hop. And he's playing Reasonable Doubt, and it gets all the way towards the— like I've never really got to this deep in the album but he always got to the beginning part so i always was used to hearing can i live you know what i'm saying can't knock the hustle all this stuff like that can i live and then it got to bring it on and i'm just like stopping everything i'm doing i'm like wait 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 what's going on 
And then I hear Jay-Z start off talking about some mannerisms with a young Bobby De Niro. I spit Spanish wisdoms in the whip with De Niro. Crime organized like the Pharaoh. I cream, I diamond glean, hot post like Hakeem. And I'm like, wait a minute. Hold on. Right. What is happening right now? I stopped everything I was doing. And I remember like it made rap to me a art. It made it. It made it was something I knew I couldn't do. I couldn't just pick it up and rap like crisscross. Maybe just want to rap. I felt like I could do it. That made me feel like I can't do that unless I have to purposely like it's, this is this is like you got to get like Jordan like in my mind. You got to be in the, in the gym. You got to practice. You got to get your muscles up. Yeah. And that's the feeling I wanted. Wow. Is that that level of respect that came with what you do when people even if they don't do that that they could recognize the skill that goes into that, you know, like the art that's in that, the beauty that's in that. Yeah. I think it's significant that there's a homonym in that, like that, you know, part of what, Oh yeah. Yeah. Traces, traces back for you. So, um, you're 12. When that happens, you start to write, you start to battle through high school. You start to get involved in the open mic scene. Mm -hmm. Uh, during this time, what is your family thinking about this direction that you're starting to spend a lot of time trying to get better in? Mm. Uh, (laughs) My dad didn't mind. My dad was the dreamer out the two. My dad would walk in the house late night and I'd be uh, sitting in the living room by the stereo that that we have. And I'd be writing to instrumentals. I hung up a bunch of lyrics on my wall. Like I printed out a bunch of lyrics and I hung them up like his wallpaper. And my dad was like all for everything. Like he was just like, go ahead, because. He, he he when he was younger he wanted to be a star he wanted to be a uh, in a singing group oh, they wow. had a singing group called the dan tales and the dan tales had a audition for uh curtis mayfield it's like a, a doo-wop group yeah like they were like it was like three or four of them mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying his brothers and uh they were a singing group they used to sing like you know what i'm saying Smokey robinson or something like that and, yeah you know everybody wanted to be a a, a, a and a lot of people had a crew like that, like in the same way, like in the you know eighties, nineties, people had hip hop crews, b boy crews. Yeah. In in a certain era, people had doo wop crew, or they were part of those kind of singing yep. groups. Have yeah. have like dance steps and everything that yep. be rehearsing. You yep. know what I'm saying? And so, and then also a lot of the families were big families back then. You know, so you it wasn't rare for you to have mm. nine, ten kids. That's how you get the Jackson Five. Yeah. Exactly. Right. Exactly. So you know, like he kind of seen that, and he didn't mind. He used to try to drop me off to little events and you know just try to encourage me my mom what did he do i'm sorry what hmm? did he do um, uh occupation wise he was an engineer okay and the singing didn't work out for him no okay no if you ask him to sing right now he can't sing he's okay. he's, he's not even a good singer he, i don't <laughs> believe he ever was but <laughs> but he's he's a he's a good guy okay. <laughs> so but he uh yeah fair he, he was uh he, but he was a dreamer though like he always had an invention in his mind he's like man i'm gonna do this and this, we're gonna be rich and all these things so he always was uh for us pursuing our dreams in some way uh, my mom she was an educator so she wanted us to pursue you know uh, uh, a college degree she wanted us to get a job st- you know live stable it was you know even where we lived at we lived in the middle of west Englewood. And the neighborhood wasn't good, but she was because of an incident that happened with the police, like the police had accidentally raided our house instead of the other house that they were supposed to. Wow. Uh, they end up suing and ended up uh, they went they won the case. And with that money, my mom invested into our education. She, she sent us to a private school, which is Luther South. Wow. And so so she was like, 
I need this to make sense. You know, right? And rapping is not necessarily the way this is gonna make sense. Rap doesn't make sense. Rap does, and 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 she made me believe that too because I I didn't take rap serious for a very long time. Well, I thought it was comical to be honest with you i was like there's no benefits in this i don't know any rappers with dental plans i don't know any rappers with health insurance i was like it looked like it was a revolving door so i was like this is fun but i also love to do it though because it was like i went from just rapping to uh honestly like using it as a source to vent like it was the it was the the it was like the therapy that my parents couldn't afford you know what I'm saying? Like, I couldn't talk to anybody else. So this page that wasn't auto-correcting me, this page that was okay with whatever level of education that I had, it was it was this place that I could pour all this stuff into where I couldn't tell my parents what I was doing halfway in the streets. I couldn't tell my friends everything because I had this feelings of remorse about the stuff that I'm dealing with or that I don't really co-sign for everything that we're doing. It was like this was the one place I could be honest. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't going to judge me. It wasn't going to tell nobody. It was just this place to catch all these thoughts. And so I fell in love with it. And my mom, she seen that I loved it, but it wasn't until she heard me on the radio that it made sense to her. When did that first happen? Uh, that happened in 2008, 2008, 2007-ish. Okay. Yeah. So, so when, when, did you, when did you start taking yourself seriously? Uh, hmm, what is the moment that I took it serious? Um, I think the moment when I took it serious is like when I I graduated and I was already like good at it. Uh, my football dreams had went down the drain, which is this I was high school, high school. Yeah. What did you play? Uh, I played as a uh running back, and believe it or not, I was an all conference running back. Man. I believe it. I could, yeah, I could see that. I'm like, yeah, it was yeah. a little Barry Sanders, you know yeah, what I'm right, saying? Right, I, was, right. I was all right back all right. then. So you're, you're fast. Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You beat me in a race. Absolutely. I'm not even second guessing it. Okay. I definitely will. All right, you seem very confident yeah. in that. Yeah. Oh, okay. I'm very confident. You're looking me dead in the eye. Now, if, if, we're, if this is a long distance race, You'll have it. Either I have a pension for long distance because I'm because I'm white. That's oh, why I have man. a pension for long distance running. <laughs> hey, I'm telling you right now, I can sprint. Okay. But I'm not good for no distance. You know what I'm saying? Like, I know for me. Like I, All right. Yes. So. My 5K game. <laughs> probably beat me in that too. But yes. Okay. So yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So I was, uh, I was doing that and um, I went to college and I went to Valparaiso University. And while I was over there, I, I was like, one of the only rappers there and i i started writing for like different hip-hop organizations and stuff like that or, and or, or sites and then next thing you know writing I, like journalism yeah writing what reviews interviews it would be like reviews it would be you know um what i want to say um just opinion you know opinionated articles and mm-hmm. stuff like that um i wrote for hip-hop dx for a while and um yeah, and that was around the time when we first started making that transition over to, you know, the blogs. Like, I was I was in good with a lot of them just from the stuff that I did. And, um, but I think that's when I started taking it serious. I was like, I could kind of see this working out. And a lot of doors started opening that I didn't expect because of... So what, what were... Because I, I mean, when, yeah, what, what was that first project that you put out into the world that you were like, okay... There is traction here. 
is as odd as it is, is uh, this project called uh, Tale of Two City Volume Two. Yeah, no, and that's a was, great project. Yeah, it was. I was surprised at how far it went. I was surprised at the 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 love that it got. Um, I was. It was odd because it was like you know it it, it was a a digital type of release you know whereas before a lot of the stuff that i knew were like especially was popular was like hand to hand you know so uh to see something like that go travel where it needed to go to it was like it was dope i was getting around to different places getting respect from different people what year is this this is this might be 2000 it's seven eight ish okay. i think it's around that time this is not on spotify Nah. Unfortunately, nah. I, so how did I? Because I I have the record or I have the re- like. Um, yeah. It was released via blogs. Yeah, it was blogs. It was like little links that that would die out after right. a certain amount of time. Yeah. So who were some of the? Because in that era, mm-hmm. um, you you started to get some traction in that space too. Who were some of the blogs that were putting on for you? Uh, two dope boys. Mm-hmm. Okay, player. Still, and all these folks still mess with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah still to this day. Yeah. Um, Later was Fake Shore, which was right. which was interesting because it was like you know at the crib you know you kind of expect that one to be the first one, but well Andrew's taste was you know his taste wasn't yet to a you know to to the kind of music that you were making at that oh, time yeah. Yeah. you know and then I think he grew in his taste I don't want to mm-hmm. speak for him but at least in terms of what he would put on the blog. I felt like there was a shift and a, 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 an intention to be more inclusive of what was happening in Chicago. And and I could see that. And because I remember at first we did feel like it was like what's kinda, going on here. Yeah, it was kind of isolated. And then but also it was like it was coming from both ends because we were looking like, well, how come, you know, we're not featured on these sites and at the crib. But then these other ones are showing a lot of love. And then, you know, on the reverse end, I know he was probably looking like, well, where are they coming from? Because, you know, if it's not coming through us and we got our ear to everything that's out here. Right. Then and it's just disconnect. And so um, once we got a chance to, like, really meet on, in that type of space where we was, like, kind of familiar with each other, it, it was. Yeah, because Fake Shore started to show a lot of love. A so, lot of yes, love. Yeah. A lot of love. Yeah. You know, and then it was like they were really uh, uh, helpful when it came to just, like. I guess like bringing everything back full circle, you know, so because I felt like it's cool to get love elsewhere, but it's nothing like what goes on at the crib. You know what I'm saying? Like there's there's just something about like performing in Chicago that I I can perform anywhere else. But it's just something about Chicago that feels different. It's like the people get the jokes different. The people, you know, understand you. The references. I mean, the the literal streets that you're talking about, the corners, every, you know, the things that you're bringing up, people relate to in a very different way. Yeah, Yeah. they they see it in a whole different light versus, you know, other places that can can empathize, you know, where it's like, yo, I I share a a similar experience. But this is like, man, I know these are landmarks, you know, what I'm saying I could go to that I know physically are right here. So. Yeah, like so when I start talking about like 87 for, you know what I'm saying, 63rd Street, like all this stuff like that is to them is like, oh, word, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's different. So, but yeah, so that that album has has a big impact. Um you get like you say local national attention and then you start to have more conversations with labels at this point. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So yeah. yeah. So what what happened? I mean, who who came knocking and and what door doors did you step through? So the first one that was like a conversation that we had was 
Uh, it's funny because like in order to tell this story, there's another story that's connected to it. But yeah, when I first time. was um, first got cool with Common. Um, right, and I, this was big. This was big when when that happened, and, and I, I remember I, I, I remember the time. But what what? Yeah, are you gonna, you're yeah. gonna tell that story? Yeah, it was like I was a couple mixtapes deep within everything. I had released this project called Save Our Souls, and that one I think is what pushed everything over everything. It was like I did it in conjunction with LRG, and um, I had work with a couple different people on it and it was really 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 probably the up until that point it was the best received project and um somehow some way even though i was already kind of being mentored by twilight tone um tone told me he was like yo i, I love these songs but I, I wouldn't play it for a comment and i was like why not and he's like if what you're doing is that good it'll get to him without you needing me and i was mad right <laughs> but it was like okay maybe you're right let's see and sure enough it did it was uh this other guy who's one of my good friends now sean sean glover and sean he had ended up hearing it and played it for common and around the time when they were leaving good music uh i was like the little brother i was around all the time i was tagging along to everything yeah and uh they were I was learning from him. Like, sure. Because just to see him move in the world must have been an education in itself. Man, because that was like one of my favorite rappers and still is to this day. Whereas like, you know, to watch somebody come up from the South Side who talks about similar things and be successful. I, I to have a bird's eye view of it was way different. And I'm watching him maneuver in rooms and we used to be sitting down talking and, you know, just having conversations about little things. And I was like man this changes my whole scope of what i do like i'm not looking at rap anymore i'm looking at the entire board like i was like man so you know i don't want to act but i was looking like okay so that's accessible to you or you know the philanthropy i'm like okay so that's accessible to you and so how do you use your platform to create other things around you you know to help facilitate the changes that you want in the world so that was a big thing for me and you know at the time i was Again, like little brother, I'm tagging along for everything. Whatever they, you know, it, it's man, there's so many stories. <laughs> I'm thinking about this story like with Drake and stuff, but it was like before they uh, had. No, the, that was during it. Oh, it, during it it. during that time, I was around during that time. Oh wow, that must have been. Oh my ridiculous. god, it was so ridiculous. I was up here writing verses, like I was getting ready to battle with something, and <laughs> it's like I'm not gonna do anything. Yeah, so I kind of want to hear those verses. <laughs> man, I have them sitting somewhere. Hey, listen, they somewhere sitting right, in the tuck, hey. and they no good. So okay. you know, what I'm saying right. Drake would have smoked me. You know saying, but people, yeah, people don't really want it with Drake. Really, I was gonna say he's really good. Yeah, he got yeah, a good ratio. Could, yeah, yeah. You know, like I, I'd give him more credit than a lot of people do. So, yeah. Uh, but yeah, they had just left good music, and then they were over at uh, Artium. Over at Def Jam, and I remember they asked me about how I felt about going over there, and I f told them I didn't really want to because I feel like yo, if they weren't treating Big Crit right, then probably wasn't gonna treat me right either. You know, it's a lot of foresight. I mean, in, in, because Def Jam is Def Jam, Def Jam, yeah, yeah, the preeminent rap music label yeah. in the history of labels, and they're interested in what you're doing, and th that's to step away or not pursue that conversation is significant yeah because it's like one you there's a level of honesty i believe you got to have with yourself when it comes to all of this stuff 
and um my grandmother was always like one and two used to push me for like to say like you know what i'm saying try the spirit by the spirit like if there's something that you feel in your heart is not where you should be or should do you know listen and i had to really think to myself especially losing like you said foresight to saying like well do i really want to be in this type of situation and what happens to other people who are in this situation like i watch a lot of people I study more artists how they fall off than I study how they get on. Mm. Like I watch how everybody fall off and I'd be like, okay, I don't want that. So how do I avoid that pitfall? And so, and everybody who was, who had like major label deals, it was a very, very, very select group who was happy. And there was a lot of people who was like, get me out of this. And so I was like, well, if that's the case, why would I put myself in that same position? So yeah, take a step back, readjust, um, shout out to Dr. Hines, who was Common's mother. She had she was telling them she was like, "Yo, you guys could get this situation situated a lot faster, and not you know what I'm saying had this young man waiting all this time." But uh, at that time, I turned around and said, "Well, while I'm here, I need to figure out something else." Then, and that's when I went to North Carolina, and I went to go work with Knife uh, Wonder in Crisis in them because I'd been cool with them for a little while. But how did the invitation come to come work? I mean, it's different being cool with somebody mm-hmm. and then having an invite to the home camp, you know? Yeah. Uh, I had worked on several records with them beforehand. Like, they had seen my name around, so they would send out invitations. to be like, hey, bro, can you uh, work on these verses for this project? And I would just do it, send it back. And then they were like, man, can you come down to visit? And then I came down to visit, like, twice, I think. And uh, it was around that same time when all those projects were dropping. And... After that, once we had like a good working relationship, I was in between projects and me and Crisis, but in particular, we had a really good chemistry as far as like our work ethic goes. Like we would just lock in and knock out a bunch of joints. And so I, you know, my homie Sly A, you know, biggest to Sly A, yeah. you know, he had told me, he was like, bro, you should just go down there and see what happens. Just, just ask, see what happens. Just ask him if you could come through. And when I did, uh, crisis told me he's like yeah i'm down let's just work and we end up knocking out like we were averaging three or four songs a day like full-blown songs and they would be like well thought out songs it wouldn't just be like this is kind of it, it was like the the rate was pretty good yeah. it was like and uh knife would walk in and he'd just be like oh well let me be that oh okay that that's good that's good and walk back out then he'll walk back in and be like what's this oh okay that's that's cool that's cool it's cool and I'm thinking like, okay, it's regular, right? And then other people would tell me like, yo, he going crazy over on the U stream. He talking about yo add to it and they killing it, and he really excited. And I was like, I could not tell when he walked <laughs> in, you know? Yeah. And so, um, and at the end of the week, you know, we had kind of came to this conclusion about like, you know, we could put out a project, and we just do it just on the fly. And but he was like, man, you know, you've been like family over here, so you know, I think it'd be really dope if we could just make this whole thing. If official in some way um you know you could still keep you know uh comments team around and all this stuff like that like y'all could we could all do this together and uh that would be the situation and i talked to them about it and um originally they they weren't too cool about it you know like comments yeah people, they they okay. was like eh. you know what i'm saying like we didn't did all this help with you just kind of like and even wasn't really like it's it's guidance you know what i'm saying not necessarily like Yo, we groomed you, 
in this way. But it's more so like we gave you guidance and had a plan for you. But it was taking longer than what I believe like my younger self wanted. Because I was like, yo, I'm, I, I got to do things now. Yeah. I've been here for two years. Yeah. So two years is a long, long time. time. Yeah. Yeah. And so and uh, people sometimes will just sit and get past the point where maybe it is their time too. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, and you know, to, to that, it's like the emotions that come with that can be dangerous. Cause it's like, yo, if I could feel frustrated, then now that, that, that doesn't help our friendship. And I'd much rather maintain the friendship before anything else. You know what I'm saying? It's like, I'd hate to have my artist expectations be the thing that ruins anything. So yeah. it's like, it's hard. That's a hard place to be in. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So I made that decision to go over there to, to Jamla. And, and it was Jamla at the time or is this, cause this is, I feel like that's right around the time that I even heard about, and maybe it was because of you, but I feel like it was right around the time where he branched into that space. Yeah. It was like he had, he had artists and they, they had been building up a label for a while. They were like sky zoo was over there. Okay. Uh, Remo, big Remo was over there. Rapsy. And uh, several different artists like Act Proof and, you know, GQ and, mm-hmm. you know, uh, uh, there's, there's, there's several different artists who were there. And all of them are really talented, all really talented artists. So, um, and it was like a family, man. Like, I, I remember I used to love to, to, to be in the studio with everybody because it was like friendly competition, too. Because it's like right. everybody's recording back to back and. You know, there's producers, there's so many different producers who just like making incredible beats. And so you could get anything that you wanted at the time. What was it? Jamla's the Squad? Is that what Jamla's the Squad? Yeah. 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 Yeah, Like that project was like my introduction to everybody, like being a part of the scene. And it was like I had a couple really key joints on it, like Iron Mike and um, 15 Minutes of Fame with BJ the Chicago Kid. And uh, yeah, Chicago was excited for you. I feel like I remember that like you were putting on for the whole city in a really big way. Yeah. We had like the release party over at um, uh, the shrine at the time before shrine closed and it was packed. And I've never seen this many people out there for me. I was like, yo, right. Who are y'all here to see? Like, y'all must (laughs) not be here to see me. And but everybody was like before uh, I even got up on stage, like it was just so many people who was just giving me hugs. And just saying, like, bro, man, we proud of you. And it's, they all had stories. Mike Love was there. Uh, Julius uh, Peppers was there. I remember I was like, yo, what in the world is going on? Like, he, was, he just got traded to the Bears and yeah. stuff. And I was like, what is, why? Yeah. <laughs> so, um, Did but, you juke past him when he tried to give, oh, give you man. that? Oh, man, no. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> wish, I wish I could go back into my old football days. <laughs> He would, yeah, nah, I think I would have got tackled. Probably don't want it. Yeah, nah, yeah, nah, yeah, I wouldn't yeah, go for that. Yeah, I was still right, kind of yeah, weak, yeah. you know. Yeah. Uh, but he, it was it was a good time. And um, I think even being over there at the label, um, it taught me a lot. It taught me a lot. Like, I learned a lot about, um, you know, being able to share work, um, also being able to execute things at, at a different level. Um but then also knowing where your line is, you know what I'm saying? Like I had to know where my line was and what works for me as opposed to just what that, that one size fits all type of thing. And so, uh, and to be able to vocalize that in, in, in times when you don't want to, like I was at what, time. What, what do you mean by your line? Like 
knowing what you want in life, knowing what's best for you, um, and knowing where it's like you're not necessarily meeting that goal. You know, it's like, yo, if I stay here, I know I'm not going to reach the goal that I'm, 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 I need to get to. And there's like this space of being like, I don't want to say those things because, again, you know, Knife is like, you know, my hero. Like, I look up to him. He's he's like this this iconic figure who does so much within, you know, hip hop and stuff. So I was like, there's times where I don't want to even voice my opinion because it's like out of either respect or just out of this this wanting to keep the relationship the same. But then also knowing that it's like you you feel it in your gut, bro, that you ain't supposed to be ain't supposed to be here or this ain't supposed to go like this or you 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 feel a ways. Yeah. And so uh And there comes a point I mean you put out a, a number of projects with Jamla. Yeah. And then there comes a point and really great projects, right? Pray for the poor is one of those yeah, projects. Absolutely. Right? Which is a big record. Um, and a big record for the city, but a big record for you too, nationally. Yeah. Um, but you make a decision at some point to to not uh, continue to make music with them. Yeah. And then not make music at all. Yeah, just leave. Yeah. Just so um, it was around the time when um, they had sent out these updated contracts, and the updated contract was. Uh, it had language in it that I didn't particularly like. And I know within this frame, they said like, Hey, you can also of course negotiate. But the starting point for me was just like kind of scary. I was like, well, if this is the starting point and we all supposed to be family, I'm not too sure how this is going to go after this point. And then I had to kind of like think to myself, like, is this what you want to do? Is this the life that you want to lead? Do you feel comfortable? Do you feel like you could thrive? And if, the answer is no, then pull back now. You know what I'm saying? Like, like instead of you messing up the relationship completely, do what's right for you right now. And so, um, yeah, I, 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 again, I wanted to maintain the ownership of the catalog of stuff that I've made prior to that point. Like, it'd be different if you're like, yo, we, we was going to do this and it's going to be after that. But it's like, I can't, I, this is the things I was, you know, going up to schools and telling people don't do, you know what I'm saying? Like right. I, I would feel like a hypocrite in, in a lot of ways. And this was a new relationship that they had with a larger label. Is that right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. So it could be. And, and it's funny because like after I got older, I understood. Yeah. Like I was like, you know, you have to get your return somewhere. This is still the business. Yeah. It's still a music business. Like it's, it's in the music industry. I feel like it's 20% music, 80% business if not higher than that right. you know what i'm saying like because nowadays you probably might be 90 because anything you can market but um they still would have to get their return on what they're they're doing and what they're investing into and they may i may have been an exception where it's like i'm so uh uh i guess like the stuff i'm so used to doing i can do it on my own i've been doing it i've been acting as my own manager since i started i've been my own pr since i started i've been my own booking agent since i started and so me i've learned everything that i could possibly learn within this industry whereas other people might need more help but the one size fits all is not gonna fit me and i have to be willing to fight for myself because i firmly believe you you don't get what you deserve you get what you negotiate and if you're not willing to fight for yourself don't be surprised if nobody fights for you wow that's great um so yeah so you learned that lesson and you stepped away 
Um, You stepped away and you didn't step away from everything. You made a really significant pivot into a whole new, uh, I mean, it's the lane you were running in, but, but you took on uh, a space of education and mentorship in, in a very profound way. This is around the time where you get the the idea to start Haven studios. Yep. It was, they were happening simultaneously as I was, getting ready to leave out the door it was this other idea that was popping up and i'd always wanted to do something else and uh i'd always been talking i've been mentoring at different schools i was mentoring at the ucan academy for a little while and uh i would go speak at colleges high schools and i was like this isn't enough i was like there need to be a space that they could go to i was like this it, it doesn't feel right that after we leave these conversations that that's it and so i was like okay what can I do that's in my wheelhouse? And then I went back to something that saved me when I was younger. Like when I was 16, there was a guy named Mikael who had like a microphone, a computer and like a storefront on like 63rd and Rockwell. And me and my friends, me and my like four friends, we were there every day. And that summer was when a lot of stuff happened. It was the same summer when I was like still stashing drugs from like I was I was scared to sell drugs I ain't gonna lie to you. I was like, I would have made the worst drug deal in the world but I was like stashing stuff for them because I still wanted to be involved still like fighting with people because I was just want to be around but when I started going to the studio I didn't have time because I was too busy worried about like the songs and I wanted to do the same thing I was like man I remember how pivotal of a space it was just to be around these other brothers who I'd never been around before in my life who was trying to do something positive with themselves and it calmed me down. And I was like, man, I wonder if I could do the same thing for, you know, the youth and do it in a larger way. And since I have more resources, maybe I'll be able to do it. And we ended up um, partnering with several different places. So uh, Mount Pisgah Missionary Baptist Church, they gave us the space in right. the basement of their community center. Which is where it's still? Still here. Four years, four and a half years. Four, it's 47th uh, and King? 40, uh, 46. 46. So 46 and King Drive, yes. uh, right there off the Green Line, man. So it's like accessible. Yeah, accessible, yeah. And then, um, you know, we partnered with Guitars Over Guns, who's a music mentoring program as well. And they were kind of able to give us some different resources to keep everything going and give us the infrastructure that we needed. And, um, and I just started reaching out to the community. And I was like, man, you know, we need this, need that, need this. And we started getting all the things that we needed. And it was a community effort. And next thing you know, we have a full-blown studio for the kids to come to. And originally it was only going to be like an after-school program. And I started noticing that the kids would be there at like, it'd be 10 o'clock. And I'm like walking in like 12 or 2 or something like that. I was like, what are y'all doing here? And I was like, we ain't got nowhere else to go. And I was like, nowhere? And I was like, Nah, so we just sat up here waiting till you got here. And I was like, well, I mean, maybe I'll just start coming up here earlier. And so now that's why my hours are 1030 until 6, even though we didn't have, we and we still don't, you know what I'm saying, don't have the finances to pay for that. But I knew it was like, it needs to be done. You have the time. It's okay. You know what I'm saying? you It's not going to kill you. Go ahead, just get up. You know what I'm saying? Get up a little early. Get over there. And because of that, that flexibility, it's been like a real good safe space for a lot of teens and young adults. Yeah. And and you've assembled around you just a really powerful crew of a new generation of people who are committed to the culture. 
Yeah. Um, and not, I mean, not just on the emceeing side of things, right? I mean, you have producers and engineers. I mean, you, yes. you, as you said, it's a, it's a full service recording studio. Um, is that where you recorded this last record? Yep. And you recorded yep. it yourself. Yeah. I was the engineer for my, all my sessions. So you're and starting it on the board, running into the booth and coming back to hit stop. Yep. Yep. Wow. I would I would wait till the kids it was back really early in the morning or really late after they got out after they got done. I never recorded anything while they was there. Wow. And uh to the point where they didn't even really know I was gonna be finished or not, or if I was working on it. They would be like what are you doing when is this do you have an album and i'll be like do you rap sir exactly because i don't even rap around them there's a lot of them who don't even know no who i am at all really absolutely wow absolutely like they'll i would downplay everything you like pull off the mask though and like show your s on your chest absolutely yeah yeah. somebody turned around they was like uh they when when i went to the grammys they was like man wait a minute you were just here with me the other day and i was like yeah it's like but why are you over there? And I was like, he's like, what do you do? And I was like, man, fam, I'm, I'm just a regular dude, you know? And I think that was really important because, yeah. uh, there needs to be both. Like there's some people who are like the superstars who could kind of like fly over and just drop some, you know, like a care package down. But there has to be other people who's like right there on the front line who's like, yo, I can physically touch this person. Like if they ever need me, I'm literally right there. And so, um, driving kids home, like there, there's a kid who, uh, I didn't even know he was taking the bus to different places. He had narcolepsy and wasn't even telling nobody. And, you know, he would be missing his stops. And I'm like, fam, what's going on? He's like, but that's how important getting to the studio was. So then I started giving him a ride back and forth to the crib. And then those other ones who would, it would be endless type of things that I never anticipated having to deal with just from opening up a space for people and you know what i'm saying um well this it's a such it's such a needed and important space and yeah. you know in a short period of time not only have you had such a significant impact in the cultural landscape but you've also out of that space made a lot of really good music man man i'm i'm surprised yeah this this is i'm surprised that it all came out of that. and i think that's one of the big points too is that whenever we go to studios that's one of the biggest stories that they sell you on it was like, yo, such and such recorded here or Michael Jackson recorded here or Abbey Road with the Beatles. You know, like everybody has this lineage. And um, I didn't want them to feel that this space wasn't capable of all the things that they want it to be. So it's like if I did this here, wow. the same equipment, the same stuff you guys do, then what can you do? And you got more time than I do. You know, like you got more energy than I do. And if this is my starting point, and I'm, I can teach you everything. Then what? So, and I'm watching it now. Like I got three of them now who are engineers at different studios. Um, you know what I'm saying? Disrupt who's over at major studios. Um, Messi, he's over there at, um, uh, man, what's the name of the studio? I forgot the name of it, but still Messi's over there working as an engineer as well. Yeah. Shout out to Sil. Yeah. And, um, my my homie Fable, he's working over at Thirty Fifth Street Studios, and so. Well, I, I I can't before before we get out of here, I can't let you go without um, just commenting on a, a viral moment that you had recently, oh. where <laughs> a older gentleman uh, came into Haven Studios yeah. and uh, shared with you some of the uh, what what he called and correct me if I'm wrong trap music trap music yes yeah um, Arthur yeah. yeah so Arthur is how old he's seventy two seventy two years old. And uh, he walked into the studio and he said, uh, I'm looking for, for uh, I'm looking for you. And I was like, nah, I don't think you are. This is a 
a youth mentoring program, man. <laughs> and he said, he's like, but I'm young at heart. And I was like, okay, all right, I got it. I see what this is. And so I thought somebody was pulling a prank on me because he was like, man, I got beats. And I was like, no, there's no way this guy has any any beats. And he was like, um, he started playing. He said, well, he's like, I was like, well, here, I can show you to another studio that they'll take care of you. This is one of my my mentees. I'm, I will absolutely make sure that he will. And he's like, well, I told myself when I woke up this morning, he's like, I'll – the only thing I had a goal was at least I wanted to play you some of my music. And I said, well, I can't deny that. Come right. on. Yeah, I, yeah. You know, that's. Especially I, with you. You're, you're such a good guy. Yeah. Too. I was like, but yeah, that's real, though. That's, so I was yeah. like, yeah, all right, I'll listen. And I was listening to the first one. I was like, wait a minute. It's like, there's no way this guy's making this music. I was like, okay, well, that's the first beat. All right. Here another one. Then I hear the second one. I was like, this is kind of good, too. And then the third one, I was like, oh, my God, wait a minute, what's going on? And then I, I had to ask him. I was like, okay, nope, somebody's pranking me. Right. There's Ashton Kutcher is about to pop out. Yeah, there's yeah. a there's a kid waiting on the other side of the door like, ah, that's my grandpa. These are my beats or something like that. Right. But I started asking him about like, uh, I was like, so what do you produce on? And then he was like, I produce on Mixcraft and this thing. And then he started telling me about the different plugins that he's using. And he was like, yeah, I have waves and I do blah, blah, blah. And I was like, uh, he's talking about waves. Did he? He might, he might he know. Might know. Yeah. 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 So yeah. and um, it went all over the place. And we went from one day just talking about it to the very next day. Rolling Stone, CBS, um, like like every outlet. Now yeah, this went everywhere, everywhere, right. everywhere. They was all at our door off of your tweet. Yeah. Right. One tweet that just went everywhere. Yes. And yeah. yeah next thing you know, you know, he was even like an AARP magazine. Like they, they, they came down and did a whole thing. I was like, yo, yeah. this is the first, yeah. it's the first time I think I've been in a printed magazine was thanks to him. No. And so that cannot be so. Absolutely. Really? Absolutely. That was, really? There was no double XL that had a, sh- nope. Really? Nope. Not at wow. all. Wow. Not That's a travesty. Okay. Yeah. So, All right. You know well, so, yeah. The, you know, the the first of many to come. Yeah. Um, where Where is he now? Is he doing okay? Is he yeah. Doing he's well? doing. He's doing pretty good. Yeah. He's been still making beats. We've been trying to fix up his computer, which is like one of the bigger issues. It's because okay. he's still been using the computer that he's used to, and uh, you know, after having to deal with some of my elders as well, it's like it's really hard to kind of like. I'm gonna take this one thing and give you a new thing, but yeah. uh, he he definitely needs a new computer, and uh, there's there's no way around it. And I've been trying my best to find the resources to get him one. Um, but he's he's passionate about his music. Uh, he comes by every now and then, and we'll just be laughing and joking. He'll tell me stories, and he's like the, the grandfather I never had because I I never knew either of my grandfathers, and so this uh-huh. kind of gives me the same type of energy that I've missed my entire life. Wow. That's beautiful, man. Um, the album is is Jim Crow the musical. It is streamable on every platform imaginable. Uh, not only is it an important record, but it's a dope record. Like it makes you love hip hop. Yeah. And uh, I, you know, I salute you, man, for for all the work that you do, uh, both on the mic and in the community. And yeah, you are a real life superhero in that way, man. man thank and uh, thanks so much for being in the corner store today. Yeah, too. If you before we get out of here. Um, where can people listen to the record and where can people follow what you do on, on the internet? Uh, indeed. Well, um, you can definitely check it out on all uh, digital streaming platforms. So, you know, Spotify, Apple Music, Tidal, everything. Um, and then uh, you can follow me at Add to the MC, ADD, the number two, T H E M C. And uh, yeah, not just be out here and around, man. You know what I'm saying? I'm not really too big on the. The self promotion. You find me when you find me. See me in the streets when you see me, and then when you see me, show me love. You know what I'm saying? So, do you have? Is there a um, 
I know you had a listening party. Uh, are yeah. there shows coming up for for this record in uh, Chicago that we could? Yeah, I think we have one coming up with. Uh, I think we just we just kind of locked it in with Slum Village on the twenty eighth, and then um, I might be doing something in January um, with uh, maybe the Virgin Hotel, and in January, like maybe January eleventh, I think, and. Um, yeah, we're just going to try to... I, I, I'm working on something. I want to do something really, really major. And I really actually want to make a musical out of it. And they've been talking about it. And so I have... I used to be like a a rap consultant over at Goodman Theater. So I want to maybe see which ways we can bring this thing to life and see what happens. Very dope, man. Well, I look forward to, to everything that you do. And particularly, this project is brilliant. Go listen to it. Go stream it. Uh, you will be happy you did. At two, thanks for being in the corner. Shout out our super producer, DJ Cashera. Big up boss man, Todd Manley. Thank you to our official corner store photog, Mercedes Zapata. Salutes to the snack door, Max. Also, please, y'all, follow our Instagram. It's corner underscore pod on IG, on Twitter. Tell us who you want to see in the corner store. And also, please consider dropping a couple of dollars into our Patreon account. It's patreon.com corner store underscore pod. The corner store is brought to you by Stolen Spirits.